All right, go ahead, Anna. Take it away. Friends, it's been a minute mm-hmm. uh, since we've been sitting here um, recording. But today we're going to finish up our series on love, which I can hardly believe because we've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, we did take a break from it. But. That's true, but I almost am like, what am I going to do when it's over? I know. Well, well, y'all have to stick around and find out what we do when it's over. We have to stick around and find out, too, because we, <laughs> we don't even, know. We don't know. But today we're talking about 1 Corinthians verse 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes and hopes all things, endures all things. Chapter 13. Did I say that? I said 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Oh, I didn't hear that. I thought oh. you said verse 7. Maybe I did. It doesn't Either matter. way, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, and what we've been doing is taking a verse and from um, 1 Corinthians 13 and kind of doing a deep dive into it using other scripture and talking about our applications from that. So that's what we're going to be doing today as well. Hey guys, welcome back to the Worship Warriors podcast. I'm going to have to pull my notes up on my laptop though because these are tiny. That's, yeah, it's like microscopic writing, y'all. I could it's... probably do it though if I... <laughs> okay, real quick, funny story last night. I was teaching the small children at church, and I was supposed to have a resource printed out, but I did not print out that resource, and it was like, there was a picture of it in the book I was using, like, that small. Oh, And so, yeah. I, like, I had to lean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> was on it. freaking magnifying glass. It was kind of funny, though, because, and the kids definitely laughed at me, so. I can see it if I hold it right here. I don't know where to start, but. Oh, well, and see, I think we both did these similar, like, a similar way, and so mm-hmm. we can talk through each Bears all things, please all things, helps yes. all things, and draws all things. We can talk through each point, like take turns. Yes. Yeah, that way. Yeah. Which this is kind of nice because usually it's not quite so clear and concise. I feel like. Yeah. It's true. So I like the way this verse is sectioned off. I still don't really know it's what I'm helpful. talking about, but the Holy Spirit's here, so. Amen. He knows what's up. Okay, so um, like Anna said, we're going through verse seven, and so it's. I don't have it pulled up. Love, what is it? Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And um, just thinking about those words, that's really hard to do. Yeah. Like, that's, it's really hard to bear burdens of others and yourself. It's also hard to believe in others and believe in God at times. And it sounds like blasphemy to say that, but I mean, let's be honest here, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will say for me personally, I always believe in God and I know that I can trust him, but living it out... That I actually believe yeah. him in certain difficult moments. That's really hard. Yeah. Um, hoping all things, enduring all things. Again, hoping all things through the hard times. That's hard. Enduring all things. <laughs> Today was hard enough to endure, <laughs> and that was nothing compared to what Jesus went through. Right. So, um, anyway, so I guess we can just start from the beginning. Bears all things. <clears throat> the first verse I have here is Ephesians four one through three. And it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, this is Paul, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Um, so we're doing bearing all things for this verse. And so I put this in here. I don't remember exactly why, but if you think about it, um, first of all, Paul of all people. He went through it. He went through yeah. it. And he... He not only endured things, but he was bearing a lot on his own shoulders with his own personal stuff mm-hmm. because of the way he was living for the Lord. Um, lots of persecution there, obviously, especially toward the end. He was in prison. And, um, 
and then other things before that, clearly. But then on top of that, he was really good at, I mean, you see all these letters that he wrote to these churches. Yeah. And he really was caring for them genuinely. Even though he wasn't able to be there in person at times, I guarantee you, without having to see this in scripture, that he was bearing so much of other people's burdens on mm-hmm. his heart in praying for them. Yeah. And to me, that is huge. Like, that is huge. Like, not, because to me, it's like, I'm so selfish at times that, yes, I have a busy and hectic life, and yes, I have important roles in my life, but that doesn't mean that I'm too good to not help my friends out whenever they're in need by bearing their burdens with right. them. And that also doesn't mean, like, sometimes that means saying to my husband, Casey, Anna's in trouble, yada, 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 I gotta go. And then he just has to bear the burden with me by being home with Markham while I go help Anna, or vice versa. Which has happened before. It has <laughs> happened one time. Um, she could have died, y'all. I was, I was in a wreck, and Sarah came to our rescue, um, so. I guess that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> that was just something random, too. Yeah. But anyway, so, like, it could be actually physically going, but it also could be, like, this, in this case, where Paul wasn't actually there. But I, I really... I believe that wholeheartedly, that he was really bearing the burdens. And, you know, if people were writing letters back to him, whoever it was, you know, Timothy, he wrote, you know, like, whoever it was, um, I believe he really was bearing that burden and thinking of them often. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he was perfect at it. He was a human being, too. But I I believe he was. And so I feel like that is probably why I put that verse in there, because um, of who was speaking um, and thinking about his life in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's multiple ways to bear the burden, but I feel like that's a really good way of doing it is intercessory prayer and constantly thinking of others yeah. and what they're going through as well. Yeah. So, any thoughts? Um, I definitely agree with you about Paul had a great burden for the people that he was ministering to, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he prayed for them all the time. Obviously, he did too because he wouldn't have written these letters yeah. to these people because that wasn't easy either. Right. To have to call these churches out and be like, hey, this is what you're doing wrong and what scripture says about it and everything. But it's obviously it was driven out of love Mm -hmm. that he had for Christ and for these people, too. Yeah. So that's good. What you got? Okay. Love bears all things. Um, The first verse that popped to my mind. Um, it's actually one that's come up in my life a lot recently, and it's Galatians 6, verse 2, which says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So, like, it's it's a it's a very strict command to bear each other's burdens in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, following Jesus' ex- example, as he bore all of our burdens on, when he died on the cross for our mm-hmm. sins. Um, and I know that might seem like such a simple concept, but um, I have a friend who's going through a really hard time right now. Like, spiritual warfare, honestly, left and right. Mm-hmm. She's going through a big pruning season, and she's been talking to me and two of our other friends about it a lot, and she keeps apologizing, and she's like, I'm sorry, I know I'm talking about this a lot, I know I'm talking about this a lot. And we've had this, I mean, I've told her, I've quoted this verse to her. I was like, hey, the Bible says that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We want you to come to us and tell us these things so that we can pray for you and so that we can uplift you in Christ and encourage you, um, because we love her. Um, and we, like, because Jesus loves her and Jesus loves us. And so we need to show that love to her as well, um, during this hard time that she's going through. That's good. And then, um, I've been reading, uh, this semester at the college ministry that I'm a part of in the women's Bible study, we're going through Hebrews. I was reading Hebrews too, and it was just talking about how Jesus bore everything for us. So, um, let me see. Verse Hebrews 2 verse 8 says, Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him 
who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So Jesus literally bore everything for us. Like he bore not only bringing himself down from glory, right, in heaven, and becoming a man, like experiencing flesh, making himself lower than even the angels whom he created. By the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So for mm. our behalf, Jesus bore everything. There was There's a reel on our Instagram page that I just put up this week, and it's a quote by Tim Keller, and it says, um, that it says, Jesus literally walked in your shoes. Yeah. Because he did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was your burden that you should have been bearing. Yeah. But you, on, honest, like, we can't, where it's not possible for us to, but... You know what I mean? Like, and he did that for us. He took that on himself for us. Yeah. And then it goes on to talk about how he literally calls us his brothers, which is crazy. Jesus lowered himself to call us his yeah. brothers and sisters. Um, and then, let me see. So verse 14, it, it goes on to say, Since therefore the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that, brought, that through death he might destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all. Those who through fear of death were subject subject to lifelong slavery. So meaning that we've been set free from slavery. Therefore, and then verse uh, 17, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful, merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitia- propitiation for the sins of the people. Mm. It's just mind-blowing to me that Jesus bore all of that for us. And I was really reminded of that, week when I, of that this week when I was reading that. Like, Jesus... God's son, who's also God, like God the son, literally is love, and like he bore all things for us, which is insane. He bore the opposite of himself. Yeah. Opposite of love, like for us. Yeah. He went completely against who he was in nature for us. So then in in looking at that, how can we not in return show love to one another? Yeah. And by bearing each other's burdens. Right. After all that Jesus has done for us. Well, it's not the least we could do, but it is still... Like, nothing compared to what he did for us. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I have my next verse here for Bears All Things. It says... Oh, I did all of mine for Bears All Things. That's okay. Okay. Um, I hadn't <laughs> read all of my, reread all mine, so I don't know. So, there's this one. <laughs> it's Colossians 3, 12 through 13. And it says, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other... As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Mm-hmm. So the the reason that I chose this one to read just now is because I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but for some reason, whenever I read in scripture, it says to put on something. It makes me think of putting on clothes. Yeah. And no, I've mentioned same. that before. Yeah. It's like putting on the armor of God, putting on, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. you won't just, and you don't just walk out of your home. I've said this also on the podcast, I think. You don't walk into Walmart and then you just suddenly take off your clothes. Mm. Or you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't do that. So to me, it's like I'm putting on this attitude, this um, service, like this attitude of service toward others mm-hmm. when I walk out the store and I'm not taking it off because it's inappropriate against my nature to take it off. Just like oh, it would be yeah. inappropriate to take your clothes off in Walmart. Yeah. Um, and so I'm putting on this attitude of, na- of service for others. And obviously, like, you still need to make sure your priorities are straight so like for instance i'll use this example because i can relate to this right now if you have kids and you're in walmart or whatever and someone else is like bearing their burns to you but your kid is like hurt or something's really wrong or whatever where you know like right now this is not the time you need to leave then pray in your heart quickly to the holy spirit and say Mm -hmm. hey how do i need to do this 
talk to that person for as long as you can give them your number maybe whatever you need to do you know so like your priorities do need to be straight but you also need to always be on the lookout and be aware of like is my heart set my heart posture and attitude of service toward others so i can bear their burdens with them Mm -hmm. and lead them to christ wow you know yeah and you don't just take that off and you know it goes with the other things too that it says that's just not the topic for today so like compassionate hearts kindness humility and all those things like you need to be compassionate you need to be kind you need to be humble and meek and patient while you're bearing other people's burdens Mm -hmm. with them romans 15 1 through 3 says put oh says we who are strong have an obligation this is esv obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves Mm. let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up for christ did not please himself but but as it is written the reproachers of those who reproached you fell on me Mm. so this is similar to what anna was saying earlier about how christ bore our sins Mm -hmm. that part is but if you focus on the part where it's talking directly to believers in this we have an obligation, and I know that's not the original word. Yeah. But I trust ESV enough to believe yeah. that we are obligated. You know, we are obligated to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So I'm going to think in this case, and this may not be the original thing, but I this is true though. We are all weak without Christ. Oh yeah, we are all weak. That is just fact. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I am obligated to bear with all of this weakling's (laughs) failings yeah as much as she is obligated to bear with my failings as a weakling and so and we're not and and like i was saying earlier well i don't know if i actually said this exactly but if say for instance anna was struggling with something but in my selfish heart i just wanted to go to bed because i've had a long day and i'm exhausted Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to get over yourself. Yeah. You're obligated to your yeah. friends and to other believers and even non-believers because you could lead them to Christ. And I will say there is some boundary there as well, depending on the situation. But like, right. especially with believers, you are really obligated to bear each other's burdens. And so you need to get over yourself. Where'd the sun go, guys? Right there. <laughs> okay. That's okay. You can still see us. Can I see this though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so you get the gist. We're obligated. Um, and we, like it says, and not to please ourselves. So we need to get over ourselves for the sake of others. Because then it says, this is my favorite part. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good. So it's for her good that I'm bearing her burden with her. Yeah. It's good for Anna that I'm building her up by one, bearing her burden. And also how the Holy Spirit leads in the moment for me to build her up. Yeah. Anyway, just to reiterate that. But that's all I got for that one. Okay. Oh, one more thing though on your point about bearing all things. And what you're saying is true. Like, sometimes that takes putting away your own desires or your own whatever and, like, listening to a person in need or helping them out however you can. For instance, the other night when my friend, our friend was struggling, we were watching a show and she came upstairs. uh, This was at our college ministry building. She came upstairs and, like, wanted to talk. And so, like, not that this was, like, some great sacrifice on our part, and I'm not saying this is to toot my own horn, but, like, we paused the show, actively listened to her, wound up not being able to finish our episode because we were talking, and then we were praying for, like, I don't know, like, an hour, hour and a half, because we were, you know, taking time to build her up. And I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm just saying sometimes no, a good it, like, takes, you know, sacrificing something you want to do, or... Yeah. I don't know. Because sometimes you just want to sit there and relax and yeah. not have to think about serious things. Yeah. And that and that's what you're meaning. Yeah. yeah. 
which I mean, I'm so glad that happened because like it was such a sweet time of getting to encourage her. And then we all prayed over her and that was just, it was amazing. And yeah. like Holy Spirit is obviously always present with us, but he was just very present in that moment. And yeah. so I'm just, I'm just saying like, don't hesitate to set aside what you're doing either because you don't know how the Lord's going to bless what you do for someone else either. Yeah. And the way he's going to use you, you don't know. So That's good. anyway. Okay, so the next part of the verse is believes all things. So I struggled with this part because I've never actually focused on this part of the verse. And so until I had to do a podcast over it, (laughs) I was like, I should probably really dig deep into this or figure something out. I actually heard a few different opinions from three or four different commentaries. I heard two different opinions. So I went to someone who we who is a lot wiser than me spiritually and who I trust his opinion. And so I just was curious to know what he would think. And he was like, you know, I've always wondered about that too. So I was like, well, that's helpful. Okay. Thanks a lot. But it also made me feel better that like, not only did I not know, but someone who was way wiser than me and very knowledgeable about the Bible also was not aware of exactly what it meant because we really don't know. And also, If you look up cross-references for this, Mm -hmm. you don't find very many that actually go along with this verse, this part of the verse. Like, there's not many. I found one, and it didn't even make sense with what it was saying. So, so whenever love is saying that, like, love believes all things, Mm -hmm. I believe at this moment, again, I'm not an expert, I don't know everything, Mm -hmm. that it is saying that because God is who he is... Even, like, say Anna walked up to me and she was like, hey, I've been really struggling with this sin cycle again. And it's something she's been struggling with for, say, 10 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she comes up to me and she's like, hey, I'm struggling with this again. Can you pray for me? Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I'm going to do better starting now. Here's the thing. Whether she does better now, like, say she does. She gives her all. She does better. But then mm-hmm. in two weeks, she fails again. Because in in my head, I'm thinking, well, she said that last time, too. Yeah. But you know what? Because God is sovereign, and because I know um, from Anna's fruits that even though she struggled this, with this over and over again, I know she truly does want to do better. So mm-hmm. I'm going to believe that because God is who he is, I'm going to trust him that he knows what's going to happen, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to support her in this, and I'm going to keep her accountable or do whatever it is that I need to do. And I'm going to believe that God is really moving in her and doing a work in her. No matter if she fails because of her own selfishness. Yeah. And so it's really just believing in God. Yeah. And believing in all good things in in Christ, in God, um, even if other people around you fail. It's okay. kind of like a you don't give up on them, even though they have been stuck in... Oh, okay. So it is the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So we're basically saying the same thing. So I don't yeah. know if that part was choppy or not because I had to cut some things out. But anyway, <laughs> basically we apparently agree. Yeah. So, but the other one was more along the lines of believing the best in people, even though they fail. And to me, that's not very Christ-centered. No. Um, no. So I didn't understand that personally. Um, I mean, I want to believe the best in people, but the truth is we suck. Yeah. So I'm going to believe that you really want to do better, and I'm going to support you in that. But I'm going to let God guide you and God guide me in supporting you. Because I believe in him at all times. Exactly. It's more so trusting the Holy Spirit in you to do a work. Yeah. And then it's up to you whether you respond to conviction or not. Yeah. I agree. So I'm going to read real quick. Okay. So this is kind of similar to... This This is the only one I could... That I personally found that, I re- that really struck me. This verse. Well, I think there's two, but this one is really my favorite one. 
Um, 2 Timothy 2, 24-26, and it says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Hmm. So basically saying the same thing, where it's like, you're believing in God because God could change those people's hearts yeah and so whatever they say whether in the end it's it was true or not you're gonna believe that god is doing a work in them yeah and believing that believing in all things when it comes to god yeah because well yeah because he well okay um i didn't have i didn't think about this so you just said that but um i was talking to a friend recently about um well like when you're angry about a situation in your life or you're like angry at somebody because they're mistreating somebody or you're angry at injustice in the world i think that it can also be like um trusting like like looking at yourself and being like wow look how much i love this person look how much i'm angry on their behalf but thinking about how much more infinitely god loves them how much more infinitely like like don't be be, but the, there's a verse that talks about be not deceived. God is not mocked. Mm-hmm. Like God's gonna is, take care yeah. of it, you mm-hmm. know. And so that just got me thinking about it because I have a friend who's dealing with another situation, and she's angry. It's or I mean, and it's it's honestly it's a righteous anger because like people she loves have been treated poorly, and but I was just talking to her about it, and I was saying like, well, think about how much you're angry on their behalf. Think how much you love them. Like, think how much this injustice injustice against them has upset you. Mm-hmm. Think about how much more it's upsetting God. Yeah. Think about how much more God loves these people that you're, you know, upset on their behalf for. I don't know. And so that's, like, also believing that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Yeah. Right? He's going to take care of it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, first of all, apparently, I can't remember I, what website I got this from. And I'm not even going to attempt pronouncing the word because it's Greek. But um, it says, I found two different sources, actually, that says believes in this verse actually is actually the Greek word. Yeah, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It's P-I-S-T-E-U-E-I, which is the Greek word meaning to put one's faith or trust in something or someone. So the tense used in Greek lets us know that this is a constant, continuous entrusting of one's faith in something or someone, involving a never-give-up kind of belief that something will turn out for the very best. Um... So it means, like, but, like, that's not to say that love is blind Mm -hmm. and it turns a blind eye to what's going on. That was one of the commentaries that I read. That's what it was saying. Yeah. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, but I like that they added, agape love isn't stupid nor is it blind. It sees everything. But because it's so filled with faith, it pushes the disconcerting, disturbing, negative realities out of the way. But, I mean, I think that's good because, like, that doesn't mean, like, God ignores our problems. Right. God literally sent Jesus as a solution to our problems. But anyway, the verses I have on it are Philippians 2, 3 through 11, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not that much. Um, And this is from the ESV as well, which I don't know that this really has to do anything with the commentary I just read. But, you know, I I got these at two different times. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Mm. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that, the, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so in that way, it's really talking about, like, when your friend, like, say I come to Sarah and I'm struggling with the sin cycle, her believing the best in me, or her believing the best of God mm -hmm. in me, that mm -hmm. he's going to work in my life and that I'm going to respond to conviction of the Holy Spirit, is her, that takes, that requires her to humble herself mm -hmm. and to say, well, hey, I'm no better than Anna here. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. And yeah. we all have this deep, deep desire this deep need for Jesus. Yeah. Because we're nothing without him, as you said earlier. Yeah. So, I guess that's how the passage kind of correlates to what I was thinking. I have someone in my in my life that I've known for a very long time, and this person is struggling with addiction. They have come to me and some others um, several times for, like, rides here and there to go take them to the hospital because they want to detox and all this stuff, like they're going to get better and all this stuff. Um, just a phone call to talk to them while they're sitting there trying not to use, you know, all these things. It's been a lot of phone calls at two in the morning or drop and goes and, you know, that's exhausting. Yeah. But, and, and we, we have had to set some boundaries so we don't just go every time now, um, because it was causing, it was seeping into our main priorities and we have families to take care of and this and that and the other and, mm -hmm. My son comes first and, you know, all these things. But in general, we still, that person is a very big priority in our life if they need us. Even though they have from, like, for a long time now, mm -hmm. have failed in their um, journey to recovery and um, getting away from drugs. And, the, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to toot my own horn because God has had to really humble me. And so you have to, like... And yes, you humble yourself, but also that requires God. You cannot mm -hmm. humble yourself to that. I was that wasn't me humbling myself. That was saying, God, I don't want to do this, but you're telling me to, so I need to. Yeah. And in that way, that was just another example on a more like, I guess more serious. I don't know if serious is the right word, but more. What am I thinking of? I don't know. On a larger scale, relevant. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you get the gist. Yeah, yeah. Um, just another example, because every time that person calls me, if God tells me to go, I need to go because yeah. I'm going to believe in the best in him. And exactly. And also that person, whether it be that person specifically or a different person or Anna or whoever it be, 10 years down the road, they might really have freedom and peace from that struggle and from that sin cycle. Yeah. So that person might experience peace in the future and never do that drug again, never do whatever that sin cycle was again. And it might be 10 to 15 years down the road. It yeah. might be not in your lifetime. But here's the thing. It might be because they had people like you continuously believing in God and supporting them in a Christ-like manner mm -hmm. all of those years and all of those times. And you might get 20 years down the road still doing this over and over again. Again, sometimes you do need to set boundaries with certain things. I'm not saying yeah. let them walk all over you. That's where the Holy Spirit guides you in that. But like... You know, you might get tired and you might be like, yeah. no, I've been doing this for 20 years, God. I don't want to keep doing this. Yeah. But God literally took a lifetime of sin for you. Yeah. So you need to just keep doing it. Yeah. And <laughs> As, hum yeah. Humble yourself and pray and ask the Lord to help you love them the way he does. Mm -hmm. Like, pray and ask 
uh, the Lord to help you look at them the way that he does. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't look at them. I mean, he looks on them and he has compassion on them. He has compassion on us. Infinite. Um, And then the other thing... Were you done? Mm -hmm. Mostly? Okay. And then the other thing that I was thinking of when you were talking um, was that you can't allow your source of joy come from or depend on whether these people get better or not. Yes. Because your joy should come from the Lord and the Lord alone. Yeah. You're going to wear yourself out so quickly if you um, are like, oh, well, maybe this person will get better this time. And then when they don't, you can't let that completely destroy you. You need to put your faith and your trust and your joy and your hope in the Lord. You're not living for them. You're living for God. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not exactly what you're saying, but, like, you have to remember that in the moment. Like, this is not my life. This is a part of my life. Yeah. But my life is God. And so you can't let that ruin your whole day or dwell. You can't dwell on that your whole life. Yeah, so make sure that your faith in the Lord is bigger than your faith in that person or their ability to change because none of us are capable of change on our own. You want to go? Oh, sure. You're letting me go first this time? Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) So selfless. Um, So for love, love hopes all things. Um, The first thing that I kind of thought of was, like, love always expects the best in others. So, like, rather than assuming, well, squeeze this, this goes right into this mm-hmm. um that rather than assuming failure or bad result in someone's life like god's love always expects the, expects the best in someone else so maybe that's why i was getting it from earlier oh. as for help so things um so and then also it like not only expects it but it's like filled with anticipation to see the manifestation of the thing hoped for mm. so like you're in waiting in hopeful anticipation of like of that person to be healed from whatever they're dealing with yeah. or whatever it is um so, Romans fifteen thirteen says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And so, again, that source of hope can only come from the Lord um, as you're waiting for whatever results you're waiting for, as you're waiting in love for it. Um, and then, Romans twelve twelve commands us, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And so as you're hoping for this thing, as you're hoping for this person, you need to constantly be seeking the Lord. Because again, your joy does not come from whatever result does or doesn't happen. It doesn't come from your circumstances in life. Your joy comes from the Lord. And then thinking about where it says, like, it's wait, it's filled with anticipation to see the manifestation of the thing hoped for. Hebrews 11, 1 literally talks about, now faith is the assurance, that is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So like, we have hope because we have the assurance that Jesus came mm-hmm. and he died on the cross for our sins after like years and years of hoping and waiting we have we have assurance that that prophecy was fulfilled that Jesus has come that he has saved us from our sins so and then finally Romans I know I'm kind of zooming through these but Romans 8:24 through 25 for in this hope we were saved now hope now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with patience And so, as you're waiting on a situation to change, or on someone to break out of a sin cycle, or someone to come to Christ, or whatever, and you're loving them through that, you need to wait with hope in the Lord that He's going to, like, number one, take care of the situation. And then, like it says here, we wait for it with patience. But we can have patience because we have hope that the Lord has overcome everything, right? Mm -hmm. Um... I can't. I don't have this reference written down, but this verse is coming to me in the moment, which is um, where Jesus talks, where Jesus literally says, "Take heart, for I have overcome the world." Right, and so we have hope that He has won the victory, 
that he has conquered the evil one, that is the devil, I guess his in Hebrews too, that um, he has the power over sin and death forever. And so that we in love, we can love people by hoping for the best in them through Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I have. Okay. That was good. I actually had Hebrews 11, 1, but I don't think you had any of my other ones. I mean, I really don't have much else. I mean, I will say there was something that I thought of um, as you were talking, because you're talking about an overall hope, which is what I had down also. Yeah. Um, which is obviously the most important thing. Yeah. So I'll read some of my verses, but then I also have a thought about everyday little things. Yeah. Hope. Okay, so my first verse is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. Here's the thing. We all try to plan our lives out. Yeah. We have New Year resolutions. We have all these things. But that's why we need to center all of our... Like, I think it's okay to have... I think it's biblical, in my opinion. It's biblical to have visions, dreams, plans. Yeah. But you need to hold them with an open hand. I watched this girl. I've told this to Anna a few times, I think, over the years. Yeah. Um, There's a girl on Coffee and Bible Time. Very from... At least from my personal opinion, everything I've watched and mm-hmm. listened to. Very biblical. Um, Ashley, the older sister of the two sisters on there, um, she was doing this thing. Uh, oh, she went on a mission trip. That's what it was. And she had, like, a video talking about it. And in her video, she was talking about how, I think it was, like, the main thing that God taught her that summer. Or there was something in there about this. And she said that she, she needs to hold her plans in the palm of her hands, but, like, open. Mm-hmm. And not, and don't close it. Don't plan something and then just, like, keep trying to do it over and over again. Because what if God wants you to open it, but you're, he's having to pry your heart open pry your hands open yeah you need to open your hands keep the hopes there keep the keep the plans there but then if god takes them out and puts something else in you just need to go along with it because you have hope that god has the best plan for you yeah and the plans for welfare and i'm not this isn't necessarily talking about financially this is talking about what is best for you Mm -hmm. and best for his kingdom most importantly best to glorify him and best to grow his kingdom yeah and so that's the welfare in my opinion plans for welfare and not for evil um so to give you a future and hope so you need to every day every week every year you need to just let god plan your life because you have hope in him you have hope that he has the best plan for your life and the best plan for his kingdom mm-hmm. and the best plan for welfare and not for evil. Everything you're doing is going to lead you to evil if you do it without him. Yeah. But everything that he does, you have hope that because he is who he is, you can trust. That's that's another word. Trust, to me, it could be synonymous to hope at times mm-hmm. because they really just go hand in hand. In order to have hope in God, you have to trust him. Yeah. And so... You can't have one without the other, really. So, anyway, that was my first verse. This one, Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So... I love this passage so much because it gives us so much hope for not only like the overall, like the end of our life here on earth, but it also gives you hope for your week. Mm -hmm. Like, dang, listen, like it says, 
young man young men or sorry even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted but they who wait for the lord Mm -hmm. shall renew their strength okay first of all yes in my opinion this you know this could mean we're we're living in this world um this wicked world we're exhausted because look around you it's terrible Um, everything is terrible. I mean, not everything, because obviously the goodness of God is still here, but you know what I mean. It's just, the world is just bad. It's wicked. And we're living through this and all this stuff. It's exhausting at times. It's exhausting a lot of the time, especially if you're really, truly pursuing God in this. And, but God is going to renew our strength at the end of times, whenever we are in heaven with him, whenever he comes back to us and all this stuff. So there's that, but then there's also... If you're, if you've got a crazy life, maybe you've had a bad week, maybe you're busy, maybe you're not busy most of the time, but something is going on in your Mm -hmm. life and it's just bad and you're exhausted and you know, you are just sick and tired of whatever it is and maybe you're depressed or anxious or whatever it is and you just need strength Mm -hmm. and you don't have it. Well, you don't need to have it on your own because God is going to renew your strength Yeah. because it says so in his word. It says, they who wait for the Lord. So if you're pursuing God, if you're waiting for him, if you're saying, God, I'm waiting and expect, like, I expect your hope. Mm -hmm. I have hope that I can have your strength, that you can give it to me, that you can give me the energy that I need to just get through the day. Like, he's going to renew your strength. He's already doing it if you just wait on him and pursue him. And that's the thing, though. People think waiting is just, like, sitting here waiting. Yeah. Sometimes you do need to sit in silence and just listen. Yes. But most of the time... You can't even hear God's voice. You can't even see the strength that he's holding out for you if you're not even if you're not if you're not familiar with his voice. Yeah. If you're not familiar with what he what he looks like. So you have to pursue him in his word, talk to him. And he's going to give you that strength and then just wait cuz he's going to give it to you. So there's that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. And then my last one is Revelation 21 1 through 5 and it says Love this part. Love this passage because this is talking about the biggest hope of all, in my opinion. And we kind of already touched this, but it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, Mm -hmm. and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I don't have any commentary on that. Yeah. (laughs) It just kind of speaks for itself. So, we have hope. Yeah. We have a lot of hope. So, for love and there's all things, I just have one passage. Also from Philippians. I'm using a lot of Paul's stuff for this. Paul's pretty good, though. Paul's pretty good. Um, so... The passage I found for this was Philippians two five through eight. I already read for yeah I read I read this. But already. it's for something else. So I read this already. I'm reading it again. <laughs> Sorry, because <laughs> I I read Philippians two three through eleven. Now this is just five through eight. You know what? Just do it, Anna. Love endures all things. Okay, I'm gonna start over. Mm-hmm. It's Philippians two five through eight. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, 
Being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Jesus Christ himself, who is love, um, embodied, um, was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And like Hebrews 2 talked about it too, how Jesus came in the form of a servant, how, or it talks about here how he came in the form of a servant, and then um, in Hebrews 2 it talks about how he made himself lower than the angels, and Jesus endured so much. He endured death on a cross for our behalf. Mm-hmm. Love bears, or love endures all things for our behalf and on our behalf. And like Sarah kind of said earlier, when thinking about how like crappy our lives are, how hard our lives are, it's nothing compared to what Jesus went through. Mm-hmm. And um, Hebrews two also talks about how like he literally had the form of a man, so that he could relate to us, so that he could be relatable to us, so that we didn't have to feel like we were alone. So because Jesus was made like the us, he is able to help us, therefore, endure all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, again, like, it's insane because we don't have to do it, do it alone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how crazy is it that, um, um, I think Romans talks about this, how he is both just and the justifier, mm-hmm. meaning that God is just, he can't allow sin into heaven, he can't allow, um, he can't allow that in his presence. And yet he made a plan and put a plan in place to provide the justifier. Mm-hmm. He himself was the justifier and sent his one and only son to make way for us to be with him. Yeah. That's so good. that even though like people might say that he's a cruel God who, requir- who requires sacrifice and what kind of God sends people to hell and all this. But um, that's the thing is he's both a just God, but then he made a way by sending his one and only son. Right. And like, I can't think of a greater example of love than that. Right. Oh, I guess, one more thing, like, just to put this in even more context, okay, when I was reading through Hebrews 1 this week, it was talking, it's, the first two, like, the first couple chapters talk about Jesus and who he is, and it's Mm -hmm. crazy, because, like, Paul does a deep dive into it, um, but here's just some things about Jesus, okay, so he is the heir of all things, he is the creator, he is the radiance of the glory of God, he is the exact imprint of God's nature, he is the upholder of the universe by the word of his power. He is the heir of God in his name. He is co-ruler with God, sitting at his right hand. He is never-ending. He is a lover of righteousness and hater of wickedness. He is anointed and appointed. I like that those kind of rhyme. By the Lord as king of kings. And he is the same forever and ever. He's never-ending. So, like, when thinking about Jesus and all he... In- I just think it's crazy that that same Jesus came to earth and endured all he did. For yeah. me? Yeah. For me? Yeah. Are you kidding? Because I suck. And, like, the fact that he looked on me, he had compassion on me, mm-hmm. went and saw me in my hour of deepest need, and, like, decided that he loved me enough to um, make a way for me to be with him someday forever, and also to have an intimate relationship with him here on this earth, mm-hmm. is insanity. And why would I not then, in turn, love him, too, like, to the best of my ability? Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not? And I say that as someone who's just been struggling with not spending time with the Lord. And, like, it's just hit me so hard this week how selfish I am and how bent I am towards unholiness. Mm-hmm. Because, man, it's crazy when I let my nat- my sin nature get in the way and my own selfishness get in the way. And I don't spend time with the God that did all that for me. Mm-hmm. How can I not, you yeah. know? Anyway. And I mean, that same Jesus is there for me today when I'm sad, and he's, like, there to, um, he's near to me. Like, he literally left us his Holy Spirit to comfort us. Yeah. And to be there for us, too. Like, he's done so much for us. Yeah. 
even though we're like wretched yeah like completely wretched yeah it's insane insane <laughs> it is insane that's it's for sure. that's uh me just abbreviating insanity it's, it's catching on trust me guys it's what all the kids are saying it's a trend <laughs> it's insane <laughs> I feel like that was me not funny. I think we're just done. I do have I do have a verse though, and then I'll be done. I have three verses, but I'm just gonna read one because we've covered all the others really. Yeah. Um actually there's two, but they're short. So the first oh, one is who's fine. Okay. She loves you just me. gave a whole sermon <laughs> over here. I'm just kidding. Okay, so Psalm one thirty six one says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. So the reason I want to read this one is because um, I actually heard, um, I don't even want to try to pronounce her name. If I remember to, I will link it down below on the YouTube description of this, um, if I remember to. But her name is Melena, and her last name starts with a C. I don't know how to pronounce it, (laughs) so I'm not going to try. I don't want to butcher it. Something that she says that they do in their home is if someone gets angry or something bad is happening. But I think specifically when I heard that she was talking about anger, like she's three or four kids. Mm-hmm. And if any of them get angry, what they do in their home is they stop and they think of something to be thankful for. Mm. I think it's three things. I can't remember. It's one or three things. And they yeah. stop and they list them off. Yeah. Because, let me go back to this verse. When you give thanks to the Lord in all of your hardship, mm-hmm. do you know what happens? You're able to endure more. Mm. Like you can't, not like you you can't endure more without some some form of gratitude toward god being there even if you don't know that it's gratitude even if you're not saying thank you god for this joy in the lord comes from gratitude yeah you're being grateful for what he's done for you you're acknowledging everything he's done for you that's gratefulness and you can't endure more without being grateful jesus was able to endure all he did because he was ultimately so grateful and thankful to the father that he had and for the love of his father that he had. And he was able to endure all of that because yeah. of that. And so it goes along like you can't have peace that surpasses all understanding without gratefulness either. Yeah. Like it just, you know. So even just with the little things. Like if you're having a hard day like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like you can't endure it anymore. No, you can't on your own. So just stop what you're doing and say, God, there are blessings. I just don't see them. So I'm going to. Thank you for being you. Show me my blessings so I can list those off to you too. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, I guarantee, I'm 100% positive, you will be able to endure more. Yeah. From that point on. Yeah. So, there's that. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. So, this, to me, is actually a perfect verse to end on, because in order to do any of the things we've been talking about, to endure every into endure all things believe all things hope all things endure all things i already said that bears all things i didn't say that one. Oh, oh in oh, order sorry. to do all of these things you can't fully do these in christ you can't fully allow god to do all of these things through you if you don't pursue him and in pursuing him you will begin to have the armor of god on you yeah. because the closer you get to god the more familiar familiar you are with him the more you talk to him the more you know his voice the more you can see him the more um in the the quicker you are to be thankful in those hard moments all these things you are putting on the armor of god mm-hmm. the closer you get to god And we could do a whole podcast on that, but we're not going to right now. So I'm not going to go into those details. If you don't know what that is, just go read the passage in Ephesians 6, 
do your own study time on it. Um, but, and you have to put armor on you to stand up against the devil and, and, and the, the demons in this world. You have to, you have to. So in order to endure all things from the devil and what he's throwing at you, because he hates you and he hates Mm -hmm. God, you have to have the armor of God on. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah. I think that's all we got. That's how we got. We don't know what's going to happen next, but we were eager to find out. Lord willing, we'll have a podcast in two weeks. <laughs> okay. Hope y'all have a good week. Peace.